Hello and welcome back to Tell Me About the Podcast. Sorry we had a bit longer a break, but we were just enjoying ourselves. This week, to kick off the rest of the season, we are talking about time management. Hope you enjoy. Hi Dad, how are you doing? Very well, thank you Beth. And how about you? It's been on honeymoon since we last recorded. Yep, I had a good break. Mexico was so good, nice and warm and we ate loads of good food, drank loads of good tequila and saw lots of culture, which was really nice. Very good, <laughs> very good. Tequila. Three most important things, yes. <laughs> yep. Good. And um, I've just got back from a wonderful week doing nothing in Valletta, Malta, which was very relaxing. Beautiful weather uh, with the summer we're having here in England. Uh, it was welcome getting away to some proper Mediterranean sunshine. Beautiful. All right, so second half of the season, what are we going to start with? So I thought we'd talk a bit about time management. It's something that we've touched on on a number of occasions in some of the other conversations we've had. I, I think this is perhaps a difficult subject. It may be thought of as something quite easy to, to think about, but I do feel that it's at the root of the success of so many aspects of the new entrepreneur's journey. Much has been written and said about time management. If you Google it, you'll find millions of results and you could spend the rest of your life reading the different approaches that so many bright sparks, gurus and philosophers will tell you is the way to manage your time. But I think our purpose will be best served today if we talk as best we can in the context of the time management pressures that the first time entrepreneur will be under and try and give some guidance on some foundations for time management in that situation. It's different for everybody. Everybody develops a process to manage and use their time as wise as suits them. And there isn't, I think, any prescriptive solution to time management. I think we'll, we'll, we'll give some chunks of information that people can hopefully use as a start point in considering their own approach that they can develop to time management going forward. That sounds okay? All right. Um, So I suppose we need to first of all think about why is time management important? I suppose using time wisely is a way of, first of all, perhaps slowing time down. How many times do you hear people or hear yourself saying, I don't have time to do that. Where's the time gone to? I can't believe it's already Wednesday, Saturday, whatever it might be. I personally think that those feelings come generally from those who are putting out fires running at 100 miles an hour between one thing and another, never have time to reflect or consider or think. And if time management is executed correctly, I think that's what it creates. It creates these spaces within our working lives and to a certain extent our personal lives as well, where we can stop and regather, reset, appreciate what's been achieved give consideration to what should be done next and in what time scale. So I think it's about using time wisely. This gives a sense of achievement and therefore we have a circle of success that arises. Good time management means we achieve much, which means we feel very positive about time management, which means it becomes habitual and internalized within us rather than it being something we fight against. I can think of various people I've worked with over the years whose start point is I don't have time 
time to manage my time. Always an interesting concept, but there's a lot of truth and reality in that. And that's because those people had yet to experience the consistent recurring benefits of good time management to know that it has to become something that's within you, um, as I say, a strong habit rather than something you think, oh boy, I need to stop and do some time management because it's all getting a bit much. Good time management means you never get to that position. It's going to support work-life balance and we've talked a bit about that and how important that is to ensure this sanity that enables you to keep going as the as the new entrepreneur. And at the end of the day, there's always lots to do and you just can't do it all at once. And if that's what time was invented for, then let's exploit time to our advantage rather than letting it crush us in the way that it can so easily do. We need to get things done and things need to be done in the right order. Things need to be done in the right time scale within a budget to a required quality standard. All of that's about management. And again, we've talked about management of things and people in the past, but here we have similar approaches to the management of our time and what's going to use our time. It's also worth reflecting on the interesting journey of the first-time entrepreneur as they start to turn the brain visualization of a business into concepts into a business plan they aren't under any pressures at that stage it's it's unlikely that whilst they're working on those phases of bringing their their startup to life that they're not assuming any deadlines and they're not necessarily having any deadlines imposed upon them And so they have a sense of freedom. They'll have a sense of being able to do the right job in the right timescale, take their time over it before they move on to the next thing. Those freedoms are what get so easily sucked away as you move through the startup and into the delivery phase of your business plan. It all builds up so quickly. Um, It's always a surprise that every uh, young and first-time entrepreneur I've ever had the privilege to work with has been shocked at how quickly the to-do list develops, more so than they ever thought would be the case. And I think what we're trying to do here is to give some strategies which will help them to try and stay as near to that feeling of freedom about how they use their time, rather than becoming a slave to the business And through that, they will achieve these time benefits, budgetary benefits, quality benefits that mentioned before. It's worth mentioning, why not? Why wouldn't you want to embrace time management? Well, it it is a discipline and many people don't like discipline, especially if the thing you want to do is extraordinarily creative. Artistic and creative juices can be stifled quite easily by the rigours of time management. Not everybody will want to be anything other than a free spirit and that might be in their nature and it might be to the advantage of their business that they be allowed to be a free spirit floating from one thing to another as they see fit or as they allow external pressures to drive the order in which they they do things. So it's not for everybody but I'm tempted to suggest that most businesses will benefit from the entrepreneur and everybody else knowing how to manage their time correctly. Yes, that's the tricky thing with a creative industry like interior design. You could set a specific amount of time that you have to do one task. But for example, if you can't find the right inspiration image for your concept board and you take two hours finding that one image rather than the 20 minutes you've been allotted, there's not much you can do about that. So then, yeah, how do you take that time from something else and... 
yeah. difficult, difficult in the creative world to keep track of the timings. Yes, yeah. Well, we'll talk about a few strategies and you, you could perhaps come back onto that after we've gone through some stuff and, and see if anything that we're mentioning would, would be of assistance in that process. But I take the point. And it, it's worth saying that the, the idea of seeking perfection in time management is a, is a waste of time frankly couldn't put it can't put it any better than that um it's something that you might strive to but you'll never reach but there's always going to be something which causes you to remanage your time reassess the use of your time that will knock you off the tracks that you think you're on and the my opening comments about making time management habitual making it something that comes from within the entrepreneur rather than something that is worked on from time to time once we get to that that mental stage of habitual time management then we know how to deal with that we know how to reconcile the fact that we spent two hours finding the inspirational image around the 20 minutes we'd allocated it's worth mentioning here as well before we get into some of the the building blocks that the number one enemy of time management in my opinion is procrastination and if, if there was to be a start point for everybody's journey in developing their own time management approach, it would be to start realizing the extent to which they procrastinate, in what situations do they procrastinate, and to observe the effect of their own procrastination. Putting stuff off, finding excuses not to do things, that's procrastination. There's no room for this anywhere. We need to understand that we've got to plan things, fix our plans and get those things done. We need to think about what the acceptable standard of our work is. We need to work to achieve things which are fit for their purpose. So what that means is that we need to know when things are finished. We start with visualizing the end, if you will, what Stephen Covey would call start with the end in mind. We also need to um, avoid shuffling things around all the time and thinking that that's time management when actually that's just playing with the deck of cards on the desk in front of you and will get you nowhere as well. So procrastination's got to be managed quickly out of uh, a person's working habits should it exist it probably does most places it's about the degree in favor of us getting down to knuckling down to getting stuff done and as I say doing it within fixed and defined frameworks you'll know when you've got it you'll find that you are evidently more productive you'll have a consistent sense of being on top of your work not underneath your work you'll know when enough is enough and you'll know when to stop and you'll know when it gets tough how to fix it you'll know how to recalibrate how to reevaluate reprioritize rearrange your diary however you wish to do it but it will become a natural thing for you to recognize when those uh, behaviors need to be brought into place again ensuring that you're on the forward foot and you're in a positive frame of mind about your workload and the way it's going to get done never allowing yourself to be a firefighter uh, oppressed by your workload um, intimidated by your to-do list there's many ways in which we can think about the allocation of our time to the things we've got to get done. The one that I'd like to talk about is time blocking. And by that I mean the allocation of blocks of time in our diaries to deal with specific things. I'm not going to talk about time blocking to complete tasks. I'm recommending to the first-time entrepreneur that they time block based upon their responsibilities so for example 
the responsibilities of a first-time entrepreneur might be product development, marketing, selling, financial management. If there's a team in place, human resource management, continuing to think about strategy. These are all the responsibilities which the first-time entrepreneur needs to work within to achieve the business plan that they've set for themselves. And that's what I recommend time is blocked out in the diary for. There may be 15 things on your to-do list which are all to do with the new product you want to bring to market. But I would recommend that you put a block of time in your diary of however many hours you may feel it's necessary to allocate to this particular responsibility. And then you're going to decide as you come to that block of time, what are the priorities within your task list? In what order do you want to work through? How many things do you think you can satisfactorily get done in the block of time you're allocating? By allocating time in blocks related to responsibilities, and you could think of it in roles as well. It might be a role as salesman, role as new product champion, role as finance manager. Um, I think there's an easy swap over between roles and responsibilities here. But by allocating time by responsibility, you'll very quickly see where you're not allocating enough time for any specific responsibility. And you might be spending too much time on things which you feel are the most important things to do, but your business requires you to do things under each of the responsibilities that you've assumed. Of course, as your business grows, some of these responsibilities become delegated to senior or middle management as you can construct it. So you may be overseeing a marketing manager who's reporting to you in the future. That makes your time blocking for marketing very different to if you are the marketeer in the early stages of your of your first time startup. One of the first blocks of time I recommend you put in your diary is the one that is about being clear upon your responsibilities. A working on block of time, if you will, rather than a working in block to actually be very clear on that. This can be extended into your personal life if you feel that's necessary. I don't necessarily recommend that at the early stages. There's enough on one's plate to develop a system that works for you and to really make it habitual just within the context of your working hours and your working responsibilities. But one can also time block on the basis if you play the guitar, then you're a musician. So block some time for that. Or if you like to hit the gym, block time for that. If you enjoy cooking, block time for that. If you're a husband, father, son, wife, daughter, sister, block time for that so that you make sure that you're allocating time to address all the things that you feel you have a responsibility to yourself or to others for. Time blocks of certain types can be recurring of course. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about cash flow. I'm not entirely sure we've had an episode yet where the term cash flow has not appeared and it <laughs> here it comes again. Cash is king. Cash is king. Thank you Beth. Worth remembering that every day. But for example, looking at short-term cash flow within your business could be something that you choose to do on a weekly basis. I certainly do for all of the business interests I still have. So that's a recurring block of time, an hour, hour and a half, whatever you may feel is appropriate. First thing on a Monday morning, perhaps, or a Tuesday, whenever, but make sure it's recurring, same time each week so you know it's coming up. You'll have your standard uh, activities to do within that and then you'll also have created time to think about what your cash flow is telling you. And there's other recurring items as well. It, it might be that there's things that are going to happen daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't put time blocks in your diary going out some considerable time into the future. But you do need to regularly challenge 
recurring time blocks that you put in your diary. Actually, don't schedule forever. If you create a diary entry which repeats with no end, it will just appear until and until forever. But I think that you need to have regular reviews and make sure that you're not becoming a slave to the recurring time block and that it is still genuinely the right use of time at the right point in a week, month, quarter, whatever it might be, and that the amount of time that's being allocated is correct and that you're learning all the time to make adjustments to those recurring time blocks and not taking them for granted. How much time should be in a block? Well, this is the learning process which we all have to go through. I'd certainly recommend starting with blocks that are in whole hours. Um, so there's, if you want to work a nine till five day, there's whatever that is, eight, eight one hour blocks that you could allocate or four two hour blocks or whatever. The first block I would put in the diary is one hour at lunch. Make sure I get a lunch break. Um, but one needs to learn how much time each type of task takes and then going forward time blocking can be done more accurately and you may then want to come down to um, units of time less than one hour. I certainly don't recommend that you start to block time for very specific tasks. You know, if you've got to call Fred on Tuesday, don't put that in your diary. Fred will be within the context of a project or a responsibility or something. So actually put a block of time in that's going to include calling Fred as one of the tasks you're going to do in that block of time. Because the more intricate and finely detailed the entries in your diary are for what you're going to do, the more chance you've got of tripping over the more chance you've got of the very first thing that you had 20 minutes to look for your inspirational image taking two hours the rest of the day is a train wreck we can sort that out with the strategies we're going to talk about but it doesn't bode well for the rest of the day that a 20 minute block of time became a two hour block of time being in control but not putting pressure on yourself that's right very much so yeah be kind to yourself when you're setting out your time blocks as well. Create time to think. It, it's part of the doing. You know, how many times have you heard somebody say, I don't have time to think, I'm so busy. They are going to make mistakes if they're not thinking. There's got to be time to reflect on what you're doing, to plan it, to visualise the end, as we said, so that you're only going to do as much as is necessary at this stage for a particular type of task. That's controlling that procrastination again, that, if you will, scope creep, the mission creep is a, a term that you may come across in this regard where somebody doesn't know what the end of it looks like. Also talk a little bit about working environment. I'd be interested to hear your, your thoughts on this as well, Beth. I think one of the greatest aspects of time management is controlling distractions, is enabling the focus needed to get the job done, as we said, within the allowed time, within the required budget if there's budgetary implications, and to the required quality, fit for purpose, etc. So thinking about emails, phones, visitors, these need to be controlled. I know it's a 24-7 instant gratification world that we live in, but those are all enemies of time management. None of those help the process of getting stuff done in an orderly fashion with a sense of being on top of your workload. So it is important that emails be shut down for certain tasks for certain periods of time. In an ideal world, emails should be answered just uh, two or three times a day, not, not waiting for them to pop up and answering them immediately, because you'll never get a, a proper focus on the job in hand if you're constantly being dragged. Same with the phone, same with visitors. You need to train the people around you to respect your own working methods and there's no better way of starting that and to, to, to share with people who could be time stealers how it is that you're trying to work and to ask them to support your 
process of working. Wean them off of this instant response culture. Get get a reputation for always getting back to people, but always getting back to people within a couple of hours or something like that. There's always going to be exceptions. You know, if your boss needs you now, so be it. You're going to have to go now. But I think people would be surprised when they look closely at the number of things that they find themselves dragged away from the job in front of them to do are not urgent in that context. And we'll come on to talk about urgency and importance as frameworks of reference for tasks and priorities in a moment. A cl- what I would call a closed-door policy is important. I think it's important to let people know when your door is closed. And I know these days people don't have offices with doors on very often, but it, the analogy works, I think, i.e. that you have got something you've got to get done in the next hour, two hours, this morning, whatever it might be, and that the door will be opened again at whatever time it is in the day. And then you are waiting for people to come and you are in a reactionary phase rather than the proactive phase of the time blocking that you had put in so it may be that you know a couple of afternoons a week you've just got you don't put anything in your diary or if you do the time block says will react to whatever comes in and people will learn that over time that uh, Tuesday and a Thursday afternoon is a great time to just call you up and have a chat about something or get your opinion on it or solve a problem or whatever. I'm uh, regrettably old enough to remember when faxes first became the order of every office. They'd been around for a long time before I started business, but it was the early 80s when we first got a fax into the office I was working in at the time, and it, it changed everything. It was the total game changer. Up until the arrival of the fax machine, the only way somebody could send something to me and get my opinion of it was via the post. So the post would arrive in the morning, we'd have all day to deal with it, the most urgent things, we'd get a response in the post back to that person that day or telephone them for a quick conversation regarding it. And then the arrival of the facts turned us into instant response animals. Suddenly, I mean, in those days I was a surveyor, so I was reading lots of leases and that kind of stuff. And suddenly you'd have a solicitor calling you saying, I'm about to fax you over an amendment to the lease and I need your response immediately. And the only reason they're saying that is because of the damn facts. No other part of the process needed that urgency. We were just all getting dragged along by the fact that it could now, we could now work within a far more urgent framework than we had done before. So I, I both blame the facts and, 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 and welcome the facts as the lead up to where we are these days with instant communication, instant sharing, etc., etc. I think that's something I've managed to control quite well over the years is so I deal a lot with suppliers at work and one of the first things I say to them when I meet them is if it's not an urgent email to do with my project I will reply back to you on a Friday afternoon and so they know if they email me Monday morning they're not getting a reply till Friday afternoon unless I have a spare 20 minutes and then I can have a look but if it's just like can I come in for a visit they'll get an email on the Friday afternoon. And juniors and interns and stuff, I've always said, you can have questions, you can get things wrong, like obviously it's part of the learning curve, but take the morning, compile all of your questions, send them to me before lunch, after lunch I'll answer them all rather than coming to me every five minutes and yeah. interrupting me in what I'm doing. Great, yeah. And those that, that's something that you've developed for yourself based around the needs of the business that you're working in and your preferred way of working. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Good. The other thing I would just mention under this heading of sort of working environment is paper. Um, we don't see a lot of paper these days, but everybody does have paper. I think that shuffling paper around is, is a great piece of procrastination, which is so easy 
easy to remove. I might try and touch pieces of paper no more than twice, once to first read it, and then if I can deal with it there and then I will, and if not, to put it somewhere where I'm going to go to deal with it, and that's the second and final touch point. Um, it's not so much an issue these days, but I have observed in the past where people have got, if you will, an in-tray, and they'll keep going through it, rereading stuff, looking at it, deciding they don't want to do that today, that can wait, you know, giving it to somebody else to do, who then comes back and doesn't know quite what to do with it. That one piece of paper has now absorbed so much time that could have been used mm. in a much more positive way, so let's stop the paper shuffling. I think it's worth us spending some time here looking at the difference between a to-do list and what's going in one's diary or one's schedule. On the matter of the to-do list, I, I once heard somebody say that we're defined by what we don't do more so than what we do do. I think there's an element of truth in that. And I think that we can be better people for not doing things that we think we should be doing. So if anything, that's quite an interesting framework of reference for ensuring that we question all the things that are supposedly on our to-do list as to whether they are genuinely things that we should be doing or not. A task should not be big. A task should be small. A big thing is more like a project than a task. So hiring a salesperson, finding new premises launching the new product, opening the next shop. To my mind, those are projects. They are not tasks. There's no room for those projects on the to-do list. They might be subheadings of the to-do list, but they're not at tasks in themselves. Tasks have to be at as near as possible an atomic level within that. Highly specific, um, highly measurable when they're finished. So it might be that you put a, an HR block into your diary and the project that you want to work on is going to be hiring the next salesperson. But the tasks that you might have on your to-do list that you're going to work your way through in a, a suitable order will be things like research, maybe drafting job and person descriptions, reviewing those drafts, uh, posting the vacancy or instructing an agency. First sift through applicants, second sift through applicants, first interview, second interview, etc, etc. Now we're starting to break the project of hiring a new person underneath the responsibility of HR into tasks which we can do, which will keep that project moving forwards, but we don't need to be doing it all at once. So a task needs to be as small as it can be, and it needs to be fitted within projects. And projects sit within responsibilities, of course. How do we go about prioritising the to-do list? Well, let's talk about the difference between urgent and important. Urgency has always troubled me. I think the best way to judge whether something is really urgent or not, and by that we mean drop everything and get it done, is to assess the consequences of not doing it. And in that process, I think one can determine for themselves whether it is as urgent as it is being made out to be. Um, deadlines which can be imposed upon you um, are always worth challenging. Whose deadline is it? Why is it a deadline? Many are, can be proven to be artificial deadlines. They're just because whomever is asking for something is saying that it needs to be done within a certain time period, but actually it doesn't, and there is no real cost to anybody of it taking longer to do. So, politely, 
whether it's with a client or a, um, a superior, always check what's creating the deadlines that are being imposed upon you. I think urgency can also come through time stealers. So people who have to speak to you right now because their own time management is so woeful that they don't have the ability to plan when they want to speak to you and how that's going to feed in as a task to whatever the overall project they're trying to complete looks like. So urgency is a is something that needs to be questioned every time something is said to be urgent. What's the difference between urgent and important? Well, important is the stuff that is going to take you towards your business plan objectives. That's the end game. You wrote that business plan and you started up your company to achieve what your business plan says you're going to achieve. Especially if you've got funding of any sort wrapped up in your business, there's plenty of eyes on you to ensure that you do what you said you were going to do. So the important aspects of the use of your time are those that will get you as close to the attainment of your business plan objectives as possible. And for this purpose of this conversation, I think that's all that we need to say about importance. How does one then prioritise the to-do list? So if you've got a list of tasks within a project under a responsibility and you've time-blocked that responsibility for a couple of hours this afternoon, how are you going to know what is the most important thing to do? Well, I think... It's going to be about applying what I have learnt to know as the four Ds to each aspect of these tasks. If they are both urgent and important, then you get them done straight away. Those are the first things you've got to do. If something is important but not urgent, then you have the opportunity to review whether it should be done today or whether it can be done at some other time. So there's a deferral option there. This is proactive. This is where growth can come from. This is productive. This, if you will, it's what Covey calls the sweet spot of working on things which are important but not urgent. That's where your opportunity for real impact on your business sits. If something is neither urgent or important under the tests which you seek to apply, delete it. If by deleting it off your to-do list and it doesn't get done and somebody else feels that it should have been done, it'll pop back up again and then you can apply your tests as to whether it's urgent and or important and see if anything's changed the next time it comes up. But right now, if you see it's neither urgent nor important, delete it. It's a time stealer in itself. For those items that you can seek to delegate. Now, as the um, first-time entrepreneur, you may well be working on your own, and that's a pipe dream to have people around you that you can delegate stuff to. But at some stage, you will have people that you can rely on to get stuff done for you. And then you'll become manager and leader of the piece of work being done. We've talked about that in the context of your fulcrum and how you can start to get more done as a result of your position within the business because of delegation. We've talked about smart delegation, etc., a real agent of growth again, if you can get into that. So the four Ds to apply to each task are do, defer, delete, or delegate. Listeners may have come across the Eisenhower matrix as it was first defined. This is the the American general who became two-term president who simply put four quadrants together with urgent and important down one side and um, ditto on the other side and These four quadrants are not dissimilar to whether you're going to do, defer, delegate or delete. So 
all of the above gives us a way in which we can continually rationalise our to-do list, all the tasks that we feel are there relevant to the projects within they sit and those projects sit within the responsibilities which we have to our business. How much time should be blocked out? I certainly don't countenance putting blocks in from nine till five back to back. It's not going to work. Um, maybe up to 75% and perhaps leaving a couple of hours free each day to either allow pieces of work to flow over a little bit or to have reactionary time or just free space to get things done. Maybe get ahead of the following day's tasks. That's a nice feeling when you can do that, when you go home knowing not only did you get everything done you had to get done today, but you also made a little bit of a start on what was on your list for tomorrow. That's a great way to end a day. Don't be afraid within your diary to move blocks around. Constantly test the priority with which you need to address responsibilities. Um, don't delete any blocks, but maybe the blocks need to be shuffled around a little bit. Maybe you had something to do with new product this afternoon and something to do with marketing tomorrow, but actually the marketing might be better off feeding in from something else you've done today and the new product isn't harmed by waiting until tomorrow. So feel free to shuffle the blocks around within your diary to suit the way you feel the time should be used to best advantage. When you have meetings, I think the block for a meeting needs to allow some time before and after the actual meeting duration. So for a one-hour meeting, I would typically put a two-hour block in my diary, half presupposing I've got no travel time, which must be blocked in as well. But if it's a virtual meeting or an in-office face-to-face meeting, then I would have half an hour to prepare for it, an hour for the meeting, and half an hour to reflect on the meeting and sort out into my to-do list any tasks that are uh, that I took undertook to complete as a result of the meeting. So I'm building in time within my block to properly contribute to that meeting and make sure I can properly follow up on that meeting rather than running from one meeting to another, forgetting what it is I'm supposed to be doing, never being properly prepared um, and generally being more of a nuisance to the other people in that meeting rather than a strong contributor to whatever the subject the meeting is. So that's a little bit about, from my perspective, how we go about putting tasks on our to-do list, rationalising and prioritising those tasks and how those tasks then end up being dealt with within the time that we block within our diaries. Okay, so when I try and offer a summary of, of all of that, and as I said just before I do this, we are just trying to give some pointers here, some basic foundations, which I hope anybody who wants to take this forward be able to use as a way forward for their own system that they'll develop through their working life. But let's try and summarise what we've been talking about. I think the first thing you need to do is to get clear on all of your responsibilities that you wish to allocate time to. Then list the known projects within each responsibility and keep that list of projects under review. New ones will be added, some will expire before they're completed, others will remain important all the way through the project's life. But don't assume that the first list you write is the only list you're going to be working on. Then list known tasks within each project. Projects may have phases to them. It can't all happen at once, as we've said. And again, keep the list of tasks within each project, within each responsibility under review. 
judge each task. Those that are urgent and important have to get done. Do check that the urgency is a real one, as we've said. If it's important but not urgent, decide whether to do it today or plan it into a future time block that suits the project within which it fits. If it's neither urgent nor important, strike it off the to-do list. It should have gone beforehand, but feel free to continually review things as to whether they're neither urgent or important and can be deleted from the to-do list. Then put blocks in your diary. For each responsibility that you feel you need to be working on, whether you're going to block in the morning for the the day or you're going to block on a Friday or over the weekend for the following week or however you wish to do it, but get the blocks in your diary. Allow time between the blocks and around the blocks for free time, for reactive time, for thinking time or, or bring forward work you've got scheduled for the future, which you feel you should now be getting done. When the block starts, review the tasks within the projects. Keep amending those, reassign priority. It's a fluid situation. Work through them in the right order, urgent and important first, and then important in an order afterwards. As you near the end of the time block within your diary, think about wrapping up. Consider extending, which is fine so long as you consider the need, you consider the consequences and you replan the upcoming blocks. It's perfectly fine as long as you keep planning, keep managing your time, not just allowing something to overrun and then finding it as a surprise. Always leave a few minutes within each of the time blocks just for a moment of distraction. You've earned it. Make a drink, get up, walk, move. Um, for computer users, cup your eyes or stare out the window for a few minutes. Just just give your eyes a break or chat with someone about some non-work item just for a few minutes. But create those um, comfortable spaces between one set of time block and the next. That will always give you a great sense of achievement as well. And that's, I think, enough on that subject. Uh, as I said in opening, it's, everyone's got a slightly different approach to it. I hope that in, in that there is something which the first-time entrepreneur can harness to prevent them from getting down into the weeds too quickly. And if they do find themselves under pressure, finding some way back on top of their workload where they're going to be most productive, going to get back to enjoying running their startup, and they're going to find themselves working on the things that are going to really make a difference to their success in the short and long term yeah definitely gonna implement this into my work week I've always written to-do lists but never blocked I think it's I can when you were talking about it there I was like visualizing doing it and it feels like it's gonna be good <laughs> yeah. yeah I think that's right I think you, you you end up not not seeing the tasks uh, you see the allocation of time to a responsibility. I think that's quite cathartic. Mm. I think that you feel good about the fact, you know, yeah, I'm really going to get some time on that this week. Not yeah. quite sure what you're going to do. That's to be sorted out as you get close to that time block starting. But mm. just the sense that you know you've finally found time to get on with that. Yeah, Perfect. Good. Great. Okay. Thank you, Dad. No problem. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week where we'll be talking about delegation, another key management technique. As always, keep an eye on our Instagram at tellmeaboutpod and our website for updates from us. Um, please follow, like, review to help others find us too.